What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Friday, July 14th, 2023. I think I got the date right today. Yesterday, I said it was Thursday, July 14th. That date doesn't exist. On today's show, though, I'm joined by Sean Kane. He does a podcast called Hardcore Penn State Football. Awesome interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. We're talking about Penn State. You guys know how much I love Penn State. I've been talking about them all summer. Love them. Love Nicholas Singleton. I get into my love and my passion for Penn State. Sean's an awesome follow. Go follow him at Sean Kane on Twitter. Or, more importantly probably, he would like me to say Hardcore PSUFB on Twitter. Go follow them. Listen to their show. They do great work with Penn State. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed making it. All right, joining us now is Sean Kane. He is on Twitter at CitizenKane95. He's also the co-host of the Hardcore Penn State Football Show, or the host, however you want to look at it. He's one of the hosts of the show. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk some Penn State football. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to uh, the opportunity to be able to talk with you. Awesome show. I was watching uh, one of them on YouTube today. Tell me a little bit about how you guys got started with that. Your co-host's name is Corey. Um, how'd you guys get started with that? And a little bit about like if someone comes over to watch the show, what they can expect. So Corey started the show back in 2019. And then I came on starting last March. And I have known Corey since we were in college. We went to Penn State together. Uh, so we were buddies from back then. Um and yeah our show we do it all year we have uh one episode a week except during football season we go to twice a week then we'll do a show on wednesday night then we'll do a show on sunday usually sunday morning sunday afternoon whenever we could fit it in sunday and uh yeah we'll talk about recruiting we'll talk about uh the the team it's we'll talk about the team itself uh we get into a little bit of everything anything you could really think about with penn state football uh, in, in the offseason, we actually did some all-time lists, too, so you can check that out if you want to see uh, all-time Penn State linebackers, uh, running backs, head coaches, or not head coaches. Uh, we only had, like, three head coaches in the last 60 years, so that'd be a little <laughs> hard. Quarterbacks, uh, so really whatever uh, teams. So, yeah, you get a little bit of everything on our channel. I'm excited to check it out, like, during the season. This time of year is, like, always rough. It's hard to, like... I actually just released an episode like 15 minutes before we jumped on, and I did like, it's so damn corny, but it was uh, guys that are going to bring the fireworks this year because 4th of July is coming up. And uh, yeah. I had uh, Nick Singleton on, or Nicholas Singleton on the list, of course. He's like one of my favorite players, but we'll talk about him in just a second. Um, I always like to, at the beginning, ask about the coaches I think that that's a obviously they're like the head of the program and they're kind of what represents the program. James Franklin, um, I feel like, and this is from an outsider's casual perspective, gets like mixed reviews from the Penn State fan base. And is that accurate? And how do you feel about him and what he's been doing the last few years? A hundred percent accurate. Uh, Penn State fans, I think they all like James Franklin as a person. He's a great dude. Um, you know, good face of the program, but a lot of the fans has they, they could have a hard time with him sometimes. And you could really sum it up in, in my mind with he's only beaten Ohio State once since he's been at Penn State. 
And if you're going to contend for the things Penn State fans want to contend for, for Big Ten championships, for national championships, you got to be able to beat Ohio State more often. Uh, even Michigan. Now, he's beaten Michigan a number of times, but all those Michigan teams he's beaten, they really weren't anything special. So I think Penn State fans sometimes get frustrated with him for not beating those teams. Um how I feel about him, I mean, I, I share a lot of that uh, feeling, but I think I like I like to think that I'm good at keeping things in perspective. And you look at a school like Texas. So Texas hired, hired Charlie Strong the same year they hired James Franklin. And they've been through, what, three or four coaches since Charlie Strong. Yeah. And they've, they've been a mediocre team, and there's a mediocre program now since Mac Brown. So that could be Penn State. Yeah. Like I think any any fan would rather be Penn State over these last 10 15 years than Texas or Tennessee or uh, Florida post Urban Meyer. So I keep things in perspective but I do share the frustrations like come on you got to be able to beat uh Ohio State at at some point. Yeah. So the, some of the concerns are valid. I do like um, this year the way the schedule kind of shakes out for you guys. But before we get into that schedule, I want to talk about some players specifically. The transfer portal is obviously always a big like thing that's going on during the offseason. Is there a guy that people that aren't following Penn State as closely as you are that's coming in from the transfer portal that's going to have a direct impact on the team this year that they don't already know about? So... I would probably think Dante Cephas. He's a receiver uh, from Kent State, and he had a he had an awesome season last year uh, with the Golden Flashes. And one of the um, one of the few positions at Penn State this coming year that I don't feel great about necessarily is the wide receiver position. And we're going to need those guys to step up with the for having a first year quarterback. And I think it would be, you know. I'm, you know, very unfortunate if we have this guy here in Drew Aller, and hopefully he'll be a really good quarterback. But if he's held back by his receivers, I mean, then then it almost becomes a waste having him. Uh, so I would probably go uh, with Dante Cephas. We got a few specialists in the portal, uh, but I would probably stick with Cephas as a guy that's going to make a huge impact. We weren't overly active in the portal, but right. we did pick up a few guys. Did you lose anybody that you were wishing didn't leave? So we Penn State lost Kevon Lee. Uh, if you uh, remember, he actually had he actually scored the get the go ahead touchdown in the Purdue game that uh, high scoring affair uh, in the first week uh, that first Friday of the season. Uh, and he was the incumbent starting running back last year, so I would have liked to hang on to him. Uh, but one of the guys we did pick up was Trey Potts from Minnesota. So. That's so he's really going to help. He's a very similar runner to Kevon, so he's definitely going to soften the blow. We Penn State actually had a storm duck on campus for the spring. Storm duck. I'm not familiar with that name, but I love it. Yeah, it's it's a great name. He was a transfer from North Carolina. Okay, and he was second team All ACC, I think, in 2021, and he ended up transferring out of the program after spring ball. So I would have liked to have him, but I think it says a lot about the young cornerbacks uh, we have behind him. 
I was really surprised by the Trey Potts transfer. I, I'd like to kind of get your vibe on it because I talked to the Minnesota people about it already on a different show. Um, I don't understand why he left Minnesota. I thought he could have played a bigger role there. And in my mind, he looks like the third guy in that backfield right now. Was Is he, I think I read somewhere, he's a hometown kid from Pennsylvania. So was that the only decision? Why? And were you as surprised as I was when he came in? A little bit. I was I was more surprised that he hit the portal to begin with because Mo Ibrahim, I mean, you would think Trey Potts is going to be the guy now. He'll yeah. be able to be maybe somewhat of a bell cow, and now he'll be playing third fiddle behind, uh, you know, two guys that uh, behind Allen and Singleton. So I was a little surprised uh, that he left, but he is from he is a Pennsylvania kid, so he might have just wanted to be closer to home and wanted to play at Penn State rather than a school like Pitt or Temple. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, the quarterback. You mentioned him already, Drew Aller. I, I think you said Aller. Maybe I'm pronouncing it a little bit wrong, but I, I'm absolutely in love with him. I love his game. When he came in last year, he had this just – I've been talking about it for weeks now, but he just had this poise, and he looks like a leader. He looks like he's – like he just stood out on the, on the TV when I was watching. He looks great. How high are the expectations for him? He had four touchdowns last year, didn't throw a pick, and like I said, looked awesome, I thought. Um, so how high are those expectations for Drew this year? So uh, pretty high, pretty high. I mean, he's, especially among the fan base, uh, Franklin, the one thing that he hadn't brought, brought in yet is um, a blue-chip quarterback. Uh, he, had, he did have Christian Hackenberg at the beginning, but... Uh, that was a Bill O'Brien guy, and, you know, he didn't – he was – you know, there are a lot of circumstances back then. And then McSorley was a three-star guy. Uh, Sean Clifford was a high three-star guy, but he just – he kept missing that big-time quarterback. Justin Fields was a commit at Penn State for a little while, and he ended up decommitting. But, yeah, Aller, I mean, he can make every throw. And uh, his – and – I agree too. His poise, like I remember him coming in during the Purdue game. Cliff got banged up for a little bit, and he just looked fine. Yeah, like just his poise and his uh, control. I'm Corey and I are both like this too. I want to temper expectations a little bit for him though, because it's a lot to put on a young guy's shoulders. And I just, I've never seen him be the guy. I never saw him get game planned for before. And I, I just, as excited as I am, I just want to make, I just want to see it with my eyes before I kind of take the anointing oil out. Yeah. I'm really excited about him. I think he's going to be great. I think that he's stepping into an absolutely like ideal role for him. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this year. Um, behind him, we've mentioned it a couple times, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, and of course, we just talked about Trey Potts too. A monster backfield. Is there a better, I've had this argument with a few people, is there a better backfield in the entire country, not even the Big Ten, than what Penn State's rolling out there each week? Well, I mean, I think you could make an argument that three of the top five backfields in the country are in the Big Ten, or the Big yeah. Ten East. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't want to put them above Blake Horum and um, Donovan Edwards yet, only because they're more accomplished. 
But I do think by the time it's all set and done, by the time they play their full sophomore years and their full junior years, yeah, there's a possibility that they're going to be the best in the country. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we talked to uh, Corey Geiger, who's a local reporter for that covers Penn State, and he's a big believer that 2024 is going to be the big year because you're going to have you're going to have Drew Allers a junior, you're going to have Singleton and uh, and and Allen is juniors, not to mention Abdul Carter in defense. Yeah, it, I think that the, it's going to be a crazy year in the backfield. I'm really excited. And like I said, I've, I've talked about this just a couple of times, too. But with Drew at quarterback, I think it's going to open up things even more for the backfield because they're not going to be able to stack anything against these guys because he's got such such an explosive arm that uh, it's going to have to keep the defense honest. And speaking of defense, who's the guy, because I've admitted this to so many people, probably every single person I've had on so far, I don't follow defenses as close as I should. Um, it's hard to keep track of 14 teams as it is, even the offensive guys. But for Penn State, I've read articles, I've seen things on Twitter, and all I'm hearing is that this is going to be, and again, I know I just talked about this with the running backs, but not only one of the best defenses in the Big Ten, but one of the best in the country. Who's the guy that's leading them that I can circle and say, this guy's a monster, he's killing it this year, I need to watch him every time they're on defense? So, God, I could talk about three guys off the top of <laughs> You can, but, go ahead, go ahead. Um, all right, so Chop Robinson, uh, PFF. I mean, I have some issues with how they rank with how they rate guys, but he was the highest rated edge guy in the country last year. So, I mean, he's really, really good. And it felt like he he was always he had a lot of sacks, but it always felt like he was a quarter second away from getting like five or six more. Like he's he just made, he made an impact every single time out there. He's actually a Maryland transfer from two years ago. Uh, Abdul Carter, number 11, uh, you know, Big Ten fans know what number 11 means at Penn State as a linebacker, and he is the next one. He is a monster. He had a great year last year. And Kalen King, has a a cornerback, has a chance to be the first defensive back, first-round draft pick in Penn State's history. Uh, Who was the kid last year? Did he go in the second round, the kid last year? Yeah, Joey Porter went uh, pick 32. Okay. And last year, the Miami Dolphins didn't have a pick. Close. So he was the first pick of the second round, yeah. Very close. To we came so, so close. <laughs> oh, man. And I thought, not to get off topic here, but I thought he should have went higher. I thought so, too. Me so and I'm, a, Lion, I'm a Lions like fan. I wanted him, like, I wanted him in, from the Lions to pick him in the first round. Like, yeah. we need help badly on defense from the Lions' perspective. But uh, I would have loved to have him for the Detroit Lions. But anyways, he goes in the second round. Um, that's all the defensive guys. I'll keep an eye on some of those guys this year. I'm excited to watch the defense. I'm excited to look at it more because, like I said, I don't know enough about the defense, and I'm really uh, you know, going to try to dive into that a little bit more this year. Let's talk about the schedule. Um, I've been telling everyone I've had on my prediction first, and then I'll go back and uh, kind of get what you think is going to happen throughout the year, if that's cool. It's easy to talk about Penn State because – I tweeted it out one month ago today. I picked uh, Penn State to win the Big Ten East. I picked them to go undefeated, 12-0 and this year. And um, I think that they're the best team. I think they're going to have a great year. So I kind of want to hear mainly where there could be a hiccup because from my perspective, I think 10 wins is a given. 
I think 11 and 12 is very possible. Um, so let's go through this, like break it down into thirds. You start with West Virginia and non-conference Delaware, then you're at Illinois, and then um, Iowa. How do you see the first four games going for Penn State? So uh, West Virginia, we actually just previewed them on our last podcast. Um, I'm not expecting much from them. I think they're going to be pretty mediocre, uh, but it's an old rivalry. Uh, Penn State used to play West Virginia every single year before they joined the Big Ten in 1993. So there's something there. I, I just think this is a rather weak West Virginia team. Uh, Delaware, they're, they're a decent FCS team, but uh, if Penn State loses Delaware, that something went very, very wrong. Um, Illinois, Il- you know, Illinois, we touched on a little bit last night. And I think a lot of their offense was built around Chase Brown. And he's a stud. But I don't know what it's going to look like next year now. Yeah. But it's Brett Bielema. They're going to be physical. If you don't bring it, you know, if you don't pack a lunch that day, you know, they could beat you. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Like they play that kind of brand of football that you're going to play there. If you let them play their way, they're going to be right in the game. And then Iowa, uh, I have a tough read on them. It's hard for me to trust any Brian Ferentz led offense. <laughs> I, I think Cade McNair is actually going to help. I like Cade McNair a little more than a lot of fans. I mean, he can't hurt do. based on last year. Yeah. They can't get any worse. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's better than Spencer Petrus. I yeah. mean, and I mean that the guy the guy helped his team get to uh, get to a college football playoff before, so he has experience. And uh, but I don't expect them to beat Penn State either. It's going to be a whiteout game. There are a lot of angry Penn State fans at Iowa. Uh, it's it's been an interesting little uh, back and forth because uh, Penn State lost that they. they they had some injuries out at Iowa in 2021, and the fans were booing the injured players. I, I so remember that, actually, yeah. So yeah. I'm expecting a little hostility, and if we're up by 20 late, if hopefully we're able to get there, uh, Franklin's going to do everything we can to be up 30. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, but I just I just want to beat them. I, I don't care if we win by one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so you're saying 4-0 no to start then? Yes. Okay. Middle of the season is uh, getting tougher for one of these games, but you go to Northwestern, then you have UMass non-conference. At Ohio State is, I think, the second most difficult game that you have, and then we'll talk about the most difficult game here in just a second, and then um, Indiana back at home. Do you? I, I'm really curious about the Ohio State game, obviously. I think the other ones are pretty much given wins. Um, but, uh, talk about those next four games. Do you see any hiccups there with those three teams? And then what do you think is going to happen with Ohio state? Uh, so Northwestern UMass, I'm not really all that concerned about, uh, but yeah, I mean, the whole season is probably going to come down to two games. Um, and I do like how the schedule breaks up for us because we do have some some testers in September. And then Northwestern and UMass, uh, they, they should be. And then they have a buy, they have a buy before UMass. Then they play UMass. Then they go out to Columbus. So I do like the way that shakes out for Penn State. Yeah. The thing with Ohio State, though, I just want to see it. Yeah. 
I mean, Penn State hasn't beaten them since Barack Obama was president. Like, that's some good perspective for you. I mean, it's been that long, and they've It was so close, close last year. To me, it felt yeah. like it was so close last year. Even though uh, it ended well, up getting a little out of hand at the end, I was like, yeah. I thought Penn State was really going to pull it out last year, and uh, yeah. yeah, it just didn't happen. Yeah, they had a chance two years ago in Columbus when we were only a five-win team. It was That was a close one. Uh, every game with them is close, but they, I just want to see it. Before I could say I think they're going to win, I, I just want to see it with my eyes. Yeah. Um, so I'll reluctantly put a loss there. Okay. And then Ohio State, Indiana. Indiana, Penn State's. Yeah, Penn State's gonna beat. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill them for sure. So yeah. that's interesting. So you got a, a loss at uh, Ohio State, and then you go to Maryland, who's kind of frisky, and then uh, back at home against Michigan, um, and then Rutgers, and finish at Michigan State. How do you see it finishing out? So um, Maryland, <laughs> Corey and I joke a lot uh, because he he's kind of a Maryland believer. He, yeah, and I'm always a Maryland doubter. I'm like, they're, they're, they're going to do what they always do. At the middle of October, they're going to lose some game they shouldn't lose and then lose the rest of them. Right. So, yeah, I'm not I don't uh, I'm not very afraid of Maryland. Uh, do they? And then Michigan's next, right? Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. I think this could be Michigan's best team in the last three years. Yeah, I it's think good. they're that good. Yeah, it's they're, good. It's going to be second year in McCarthy. Uh, they they get Corman Edwards back. I like them a lot better than I like the team. Well, m- maybe not a lot better than I like the last two teams, but I mean, and they know how to win. Yeah. So I'm very iffy but I'll lean Michigan for now. Okay. And then um, obviously the last two games, you think those are wins, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so, that so. Would... If we played Michigan State in East Lansing, weird things happen in East oh, Lansing, yeah. so I'd be a little nervous, but we play them at Ford Field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's at Ford Field. That's right. Yep. Different environment there. Uh, that'll and be interesting Rutgers, for sure. So you got you guys going 10-2. Uh, and two. Um, yep. That does put you over on most sports books. They have you guys at nine and a half. So, and I'm betting the over. I'm betting you guys to win the Big Ten East. I'm really high on Penn. I like. Oh wow. I yeah. I love. I love your guys' team. Like I said, I got you guys going undefeated. I think that the game at Ohio State is new quarterback. You don't know really what you're going to get out of him and their defense. Like kind of, to me, they got exposed by Michigan last year, and I think Penn State's offense is just as good this year as Michigan was last year. Um, and then uh, you get Michigan at home, which is why I leaned Penn State in that game. I'm also very, like, uh, try to go against the grain. So when everyone just puts out Michigan's going undefeated again, they're going back to the playoffs, it's like, well, wait a minute. They do still have to go to Penn State, and that's going to be a tough game. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I like that pick right there. I just think it's a, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to hold on to and say I think that Penn State's going to win it because everyone's talking about Michigan and Ohio State and kind of forgetting about Penn State, which I think is interesting because of how talented they are this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they are kind of becoming an afterthought. And look, I, I don't think the gap is that big between them. I mean, right. I want to make that clear. Like, right. I think both the Michigan and Ohio State games are going to be really close. Yes. Uh, but 
And, and, and I mean, you make a good point. Penn State hosting Michigan does make a difference. Yeah. Uh, it could make a difference. But I, I think if Michigan's ever going to win a national championship, it will be this year. It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, I don't – because it's not going to be next year. I think it has to be this year. Uh, and I'm not picking them to win it, but I do think they'll if, – if, if I – gun to my head, I'd say they make the title game. Yeah, I just think they're that good. Wow, that'd be. I mean, they should have last year. Realistically, they should have handled. They should have. Yeah. Um, this will be the last year that we're talking about anybody winning any divisions in the Big Ten next year. They're switching the scheduling format. I've been asking almost everybody about this as a Penn State fan and a follower. Um, are you guys excited about that? And what do you think it does for the conference overall? Yeah, I I think this is really the only way you could do it. Uh, when you have when you're adding two more teams to an already uh, big Big Ten conference, uh, and and the the, the the conferences have been ever since it went east west. The East just won every conference yeah. championship. Yeah. So I've thought for years it should they should have been re- realigned, and now that you add two more teams, it was best to just get rid of them. Uh, I do like the protected rivalries. Penn State does not have a protected. Yeah. What's rival. up with that? Yeah, personally, I don't really care much about it because yeah. we were Penn State has never been Ohio State's rival. They've never been Michigan's rival, and that's okay. You yeah. know that that's just something I grew up with, with being in the Big Ten and knowing you're you're always kind of the redheaded stepchild in a way, and I'm fine with that. I mean, this conference is a hundred years old. Yeah, and their traditions go a lot longer than playing Penn State back in the back to the early 90s. Uh, but I do like that you get to play uh, you get to play the same few teams. Uh, you get to basically have a home and home with them. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, I'd like that Penn State hosts USC this year. I think there's a very good or next year. Yeah. I think there's a very good chance that they put that game uh, as the opening Big Ten game. Oh wow! Uh, USC at Penn State. That'll be. I just electric. think the environment would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, really looking forward to this season. Like I said, I'm so high on Penn State that I can't wait to be correct about it. I can't wait to prove everybody I hope wrong. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of tweets bookmarked. Like right. I am correct about this. Don't don't get me wrong. I can't wait to bring him back up. Um, his name is Sean Kane. Like I said, at Citizen Kane ninety five. And it's the Hardcore Penn State Football Show. Go check that out on YouTube. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell people where to find you and what else you guys are up to soon? Yeah, so we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're actually uh, we're going to be – right now it's a bit of a hold on the YouTube show, but we're going to be back on YouTube in July. Um and like I said, we're once a week. We try to do at this point in the year Wednesday, or, uh, most of the time are going to be Wednesday nights. And then when the season starts, probably the week before the season starts will be Wednesday and Sunday. Okay. So check us out at Hardcore Penn State Football. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter as well. Awesome, man. Thank you, Sean, so much for coming on and talking about Penn State football with us. Thanks, man. It was great. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Once again, that was Sean Kane. Sean is the host of the Hardcore Penn State Football podcast. Go give them a follow. They're at HardcorePSUFB on Twitter. Great follow. 
Great Penn State information. I love Penn State. I love them. I think they're going to win the East. I think a lot of things are going to happen this year. Really, I'm just excited for football to start, man. We're getting so close. Uh, Thank you for listening to that interview. Have a good weekend. On Monday, when we return, I'm joined by Trent Congdon. He is from Locked on Hawkeyes. Great interview. We discussed the Iowa Hawkeyes season. What's going to happen? What's been happening? Is the offense going to get better? We're going to find out on Monday. Guys, come back. Five new episodes, more previews coming your way. We'll see you guys in the future.